recording live from the new home of the Pro Bowl, Orlando, Florida. It's the Seahawks Nest podcast, quick shot, uh, off-season cast. I don't know what to call this. It's thing. the Seahawks Hawks Nest. Oh, you we're in Orlando. Does that mean I have to get a gun? Uh, no, but it does mean you have to go to a theme park. I think it means that if we get drunk, we have to drive a golf cart and or ride on lawnmower home. <laughs> that's, you know, that's my knowledge. Both of, of those things, a theme park and we ha- a theme park and we have to drive a golf cart. I'm super excited. Now. All right, well, I want to I want to go from New Orleans next so we can drive a fan boat. Whatever, All right, a fan boat, uh, a hover around. No, I'm, uh, so, uh, <laughs> no, a hover around is very different. <laughs> I'm a, I'm Nathan Santo. That'd be Phoenix joining me around. as always. Takes me where I want to go. Eric Ronnebeck. <laughs> Kevin Garber <laughs> and the ghost of Brett Hancock. Uh, Brett Hancock. This is the Pro Bowl episode, so Brett was unable to make it. We have a fill-in. <laughs> Kevin with the jokes. It's a uh, it's a glass of water. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, that's a uh, uh, hundred and f- how many people made the Pro Bowl this year? Hundred and forty something. Sure. Uh, it was some it's some dumb number out of a one hundred and fifty five. Check your mailbox, folks. You could have made the Pro Bowl. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna test out uh, some off season formats in the next two two or three weeks. So uh, get ready. We're gonna try this one first, which we're gonna we're gonna roll in first with Seahawks news. So our Seahawks news is news is th- few and far between. But the big story this week was that two more Seahawks made the Pro Bowl, bringing our total to seven, the most in the NFL. Tied and uh, tied for the Baltimore. Seahawks season record, or Kansas, I'm sorry, franchise record. Kansas City and Oakland. The two added players were place kicker. Steven Hauschka. Boo. And. You should not lead with that. Wide receiver, Doug Baldwin. So our Pro Bowlers now are, uh, we got Baldwin, Graham, KJ, Bennett and Averill, Sherman, and Hauschka. Wait, that's eight. No, that's seven. seven. That was seven. I can't count. I counted. Okay. So that's it. Those are our guys. How the hell did Steven Hauschka make the Pro Bowl? Seriously. Because he kicked all of his field goals and they don't care about extra points, apparently. Oh, wait. What about Bobby Wagner? Did I say Bobby Wagner? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. All right. That's eight. Yeah. Th- this is this list of numbers uh, is not updated. So actually, we have eight now. That's got to be a franchise record for us because I heard seven was the record. Maybe that was before Hausch got, got outed. That's, I'm sorry. That's tripping me up. That's ridiculous. That man does not deserve to be on the Pro Bowl. And that's only going to help him in his contract negotiations, which it doesn't matter. He's not going to be a Seahawk next year anyway. I was about to say, really, all it means is he's probably not coming back. I don't really know how much that means. I feel like we might oh. be giving up on him, but that's. Hey, uh, this just in. Matt, yeah. Matt Prater is instead of Steven Hauschka because the first alternate. Uh, <laughs> because the they NFL, forgot Matt Prater the existed. The NFL like, got confused or something. They, I guess a bunch of websites had it list, had different guys listed as, uh, as the uh, first alternate, and some websites had Hauschka and some websites had Prater. Turns out, in real reality land, Prater's the first alternate. You know, that was a, Eric, calm down on your rant. It's okay. Matt Prater's going instead. Woo! I mean, he missed a lot of extra points this year to be a Pro Bowler. I'm not going to lie. That's off. That would have been an awful choice. That would have been, obviously, a, a sign that we're getting Bowl. pranked. This is true, Kevin. It's in Orlando this year, which means absolutely nothing. It... They may change Wait, the uniforms. Let's, let's not go too deep on this right now because we're going to get to the NFL news later. But let's talk about the Maybe Seahawks. When we get to, when we, get to the the Seahawks, we have to pull up uniforms too that Eric can rant. That's right. The Seahawks, the Seahawks had se- have seven Pro Bowlers right now. Do you guys disagree with any of the players that made it? Um, like, are there any guys that you no, think... No, I think like, it was a down year at defensive end. So I'm I'm good with both Bennett and Averill being on there because overall um, defensive line production was a little bit down around the league. And KJ got in, which I thought it was kind of lame that he didn't make it the first time because 
Ryan Kerrigan and Vic Beasley aren't aren't really outside linebackers in the sense that KJ Wright is. They're very different players. Yeah. I like Doug making it too. Doug and KJ are the two where that feels really good. Yeah, and uh, what Britt is a Pro Bowl, right? It's like I, Pro Bowl is he an alternate or is he in Justin Britt? Uh, Britt is the third alternate for centers, and he won't get in. The, okay, then that then Kelsey I will and hold off on that. Have accepted Alex Mack Alex not Mack going because in. he is in the Super Bowl. Alex Mack proving once and for all, you know, my theory of get one really good offensive lineman. It'll make your whole offensive line so much better. Yep. Uh, the thing about Doug being in is it's tough sledding for Doug to get in because he's behind four guys who are like otherworldly. Yeah. And then Des Bryant, who is 50-50. He's either the, the best or the worst. So he's got to get by Julio, Odell, Fitzgerald, and Evans. Like that's a murderer's row of great wide receivers for him to try to beat out. So it's it's great that, you know, it, this just happened to be the year where he could actually get in there. I was very happy about that. Yeah, yeah. I hope he gets to slip in there, you know, um, every few years. He's a deserving player. Absolutely. But like you said, he's. it's going to be hard for him to get past that, especially with people like Des Bryant, who I feel are just getting in off the off of their name. Yeah, though Odell Beckham could certainly implode at any point in time. Yes. I mean, I thought I thought Doug, Bryant, Doug Baldwin was better than Des Bryant this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. From what I watched, but... Des Bryant also, when he elevates his play, I mean, he's as good as the first guy listed, Odell Beckham Jr. or Julio Jones. Like, he's on yep. that level when he's good. Yeah, but, but, but if he sprains his pinky toe, he's, he's like the number 27. He's bad. When he's bad, he's like, you know, he's just, he's fine. Shouldn't that count for something, though? Consistency? I mean, I Doug Baldwin Doug is, got in. Yeah. I don't even think, honestly, I don't know. I'm not sure Des Bryant was even the best wide receiver on his team this year. Cole no, Beasley Cole was Beasley very good was... all year consistently good every game. Yeah, it was, it was their Mr. Reliable, for sure. I'm glad KJ got in, though, because I was starting to wonder who does he have to murder, or what does he have to do to get into this roster? Like, he was incredible this year. Well, if you think about it, Mike Evans didn't make it in last year, right? Mike Evans just had an incredible year, and that kind of took away Doug Baldwin's spot. You know, spot, and mm-hmm. for him to get in, it's it's pretty special. Yeah, K- KJ, for, go back to KJ, though, like, is this the best version of KJ Wright we're gonna see? Like, yes. I don't think it gets much better than this. Do you? No, well, I think this is peak, and this is a good peak. And what do you? What more would you want from KJ? Realistically, uh, some, some slightly better pass rushing ability and a little okay. more consistency covering uh, running backs over the middle. But I mean, I think that this is about as good as as good as it's gonna get because he was he was fantastic just stats wise this year. His counting stats, he was great at tackling. He did very good on the uh, the pro football focus stats. But I mean, 126 tackles and four sacks. And five passes defended is really good from a four three outside linebacker. Yeah, if you recall, like throughout the season, and we'd say something like, "Not a great KJ game." He's had some really great games this year. This is just a pretty good game. That's 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 saying something about KJ Wright, I think. I also think that um, this year KJ was impacted towards the end of the season with the loss of Earl. He was having a great coverage year, and I think it was because he could trust only having to play within his game on coverage. Once things got a little deep, he knew Earl had his back. Because you notice the games where he looked a little worse in coverage were after Earl was out. Oh, good observation, Kevin. Yeah, I, I feel like K.J. Wright, Bobby Wagner, being so good overshadowed the mediocrity of the person on the other side, whoever that may have been. Morgan for snaps. part of the season and almost no one for parts. Cassius Marsh would um, fade back a little bit on like barely a few though, plays. Yeah. yeah, I think it, we what ended up happening was we tended to play a lot more uh, big nickel. Big I nickel, this yeah, year. absolutely. 
which I was pretty happy about that big nickel switch. I could see that becoming, like, if that becomes the future, I'm okay with that. What about, um, so Wagner, who we've kind of talked around here. <sighs> Love me some uh, Wagner. Wagner, he led the league in inside linebacker quarterback hits with 12. Second place was six. So that's pretty, that's a pretty good stat. You know, he's getting, yeah. he, he was, when he, we asked him to rush, he was very good. And, uh, I really, I really thought he put in a great season this year and kind of solidified himself as probably the second best middle linebacker in the league. Behind Keekly? Yeah. Keekly, yeah. uh, is, the thing about Keekly is I think he's more irreplaceable than Wagner. Uh, Wag, the, even though skills wise, they're not very far apart. Let me ask you this though. Last year when the Carolina Panthers made the Super Bowl, People were talking about Cam Newton, but I feel like Luke Keekley got a lot of talk. He got a majority of the talk. Do you think maybe that lit a fire into Bobby Wagner? Because if you look at it, the the kind of sentiment throughout the league is that Luke Keekley is the the gold standard at middle linebacker, and Bobby Wagner has always been thought of as one of the best. And I just feel like after all that talk and the season Bobby Wagner had. Did it light a fire under him? Maybe just a little one. Maybe just even if it was just a personal challenge to improve. I think the big difference this year was that we carried more bulk along the defensive line than we have in the last couple of years, which freed him up to not have to fight off as many blocks to be able to go and make plays. I don't think Bobby played better than he has. I think Bobby played Bobby's game and... The only difference is I think Keekley's a little better when he drops into coverage than Bobby is. That's what we've always said. I think that's said. the biggest difference in their game. I actually like Bobby more as a downhill tackler than uh, Keekley, but I think Keekley's just, you know, a plus-plus zone defender, and Bobby is not as good at that. But it's like, okay, you have like 1A and 1B, you know? Hmm. Fair. Uh, what about, uh, do you think Tyler Lockett should have been in contention for, uh, returner despite the injuries? I didn't pay a, a great amount of attention to return game across the league. I know with the change in, in rules, it hasn't been as impressive lately, but I really feel like Lockett didn't have an amazing year as a returner. I mean, I feel like Cordero Patterson just got in because he was like, he had the most memorable kick return of the year. Sure. You know, like that 104-yard kick return, everyone remembers it. I think that's it, what it takes, though. I mean, look at the year Leon Washington made it. Leon Washington had two kick returns, and it got him into the Pro Bowl, and it was like, what is going on? I, that's really that was all like a lifetime need. award, if I remember correctly, basically. Because <laughs> he was, I think at the time he retired, he was a little all-time leader in uh, kickoff return for touchdown. Okay. Yeah, well, Cordero Patterson got it, and I, th- I think... I think that was like a, hey, you got the best play, but I think Lockett was the best all-around returner in kickoffs and punts. Just my opinion, just one, just one man's opinion here. Uh, but he, they should just done Tyree Kill for both. It's him or it's Andre Roberts. Like (laughs) I really like Detroit's kick returner too, although I think he struggled more in the kick returns than the punt returns. Kevin wants all time Tyreek. Yeah, just Tyreek Hill was so good. I think he should have been both sides. Sure, I can dig it. All right, uh, so that that pretty much co- I think covers most of the Seahawks that made it. That uh, do you think Russell Wilson should have made it over any of these quarterbacks, or do you think that that this year the injuries kind of slowed him up enough that maybe he's not he there there was four guys ahead of him or that, five guys. That's you know, it right there. I think if he hadn't thrown, if he hadn't didn't have that awful five interception game, you could put him in the running for it because before that he was just 
really, really good at keeping hold of the ball, and he threw for over 4,000 yards, had a pretty decent season. But that five-interception game, I think, kind of put his counting stats out of the argument. And his run game was not a factor this year. Uh, One other small piece of news. What is it? Uh, Seahawks signed Parrish Cox. Nope. Not not news. All right. Uh, If he he doesn't get cut before the season starts. I was about to say, the one thing about it is uh, zero guaranteed money, so probably not making the team. I was going to say, if he doesn't get cut before the beginning of the season, uh, anyone want me to make a habanero pepper bet right now? Uh, I'll I'll take Parrish Cox gets cut. You can have Parrish Cox. Loser loser eats a (laughs) habanero pepper on the Uh, the podcast. I'm not going to take that. Kevin? Kevin's so like, you're basically yeah. asking, do I feel like eating a habanero pepper? Yeah, because Parrish Cox is not, not making the team. Not that much. All right, so I, I think I win that one. All right, so uh, ex-Seahawk Dan Quinn is in the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll talk about that a lot next week with our Super Bowl previews. But let's just get this out there real quick. What do you guys think about the line? What uh, is the one? It's plus... Uh, New, England New England is plus favored. Four? Plus four. Yeah. Right in the Vegas zone, which is the... Which is interesting. The four to six range, where that's what that's Vegas saying. Uh, we like this team, and we like them kind of a lot, but we're not really sure. So let's uh, let's let's roll it in here. Okay, so. on the surface, plus three, plus four sounds sounds about right. Going by what Vegas wants you to do, meaning that what they they're kind of asking Vegas you to tr- take. They're tempting you into taking the Patriots for sure. Yeah, I think. It's almost like Vegas is nervous. I think that's fair. Atlanta is a very well-rounded team. Last last week, I, I called that they would beat the Packers, and that was going up against Aaron Rodgers and how unbelievable he is. I feel like the Packers have an ultimate weapon in Aaron Rodgers, but the Falcons have everything. They don't have a secondary, sure, but they have every side of the ball covered, everything you need. And they're... they're- and- their defense is is improving. It's not good. Still. And it's fast. It's, it's okay. They cover the field right there. They cover the field. Maybe they don't always tackle right. Maybe they don't always get it, the quarterback it, well. We said it before. Good pass rush will uh, cover up some of your ills. And Vic Beasley's a good pass rusher. You know, if he starts to get off on Tom Brady, that's how you beat. That's how you beat the Patriots. You know, you yep. beat the Patriots by putting Tom Brady on his back. If they don't put Tom Brady on his back, I mean, they're not, they, you can't score enough points to beat Tom Brady. I'll just say that. Like he's going yeah. to score if you don't put him on his back. I'm, I'm just going to say for the record, these playoffs have stunk. Just I, so many clunker games. I actually quite enjoyed those championship games just because I said with so much authority that I thought it was going to be New England-Atlanta to someone, and they basically like were like, hi, you're dumb. And I was like, all right, just watch the games, I guess. And that felt good. Man, yeah. whoever confidently thought that you were just flat wrong for saying New England-Atlanta. I, and I looked at him and I said, you know what? I like Atlanta a lot more than I like New England. And they thought that made it even worse. And that was like that was like fuel to my fire. I was like, I like Atlanta a lot, a lot. That person's favorite color is yellow. Obviously, that's what so, it had to be. Uh, yeah, well, we'll we'll go in deep on the Super Bowl next week for about ten or fifteen minutes. But now, let's get to the all NFL segment. Let's talk Pro Bowl football. Oh. All right, all right. So okay, who, who's so, choosing the teams this year? Let's uh, let's talk about that. Brian are, Bosworth drafting for what? No. That they're not I mean, doing that this year, Kevin. That's why I was trying to stop you. They went back to the AFC versus NFC format, which I think is good. Sure. Um, Going back to what didn't work, but might as well do. It takes away unnecessary crap. I don't want to talk about the game. Let's be honest. The Pro Bowl, the game, the actual game sucks. It draws 5 million viewers for a reason. Skills competition? It's not fun to watch. I want to talk about what they're bringing back for the first time since 2007. Okay? We're going to talk about four different skill competitions. Okay. 
So, no, shut up, Eric. You're wrong. <laughs> the skills competition is amazing because there's two factors of every skills competition. Sorry, I'm going to hijack this real quick. The one is the part where it reminds you of playing the quarterback club games for Super Nintendo. That's the best part. The second best part is Agreed, a, Kevin. what I like to refer to as ACL watch. In that it's sort of like watching NASCAR where you're waiting for a crash because someone's going to pop something. Okay, so let's start with the one that's most likely to get someone injured. That's the power relay challenge. Now, real yeah. quick, is this is this where, a thing? Do they're going to break into teams of four. Do people really get injured in these? No. that's no. awful. Uh, four, they break, they're breaking into teams of four and, running, Des Bryant and running a relay race. Okay, Just like injured. So four members from each team are running a relay race. Now, I know, Kevin, you can pull up the rosters right now. So, relay race. Relay race. Think about called Camp Pro Bowl. What are you thinking about? You think about X-Track athletes. You're thinking about... I think about uh, DBs, running backs, wide receivers. Though my heart... My heart wants linemen. Okay, yeah. I mean, maybe they'll do something like that because this this is one of those things where they do fun stuff. Here's the thing, though. Like, some of these edge rushers, legit... Yeah, but they gotta run a hundred meters. It's like it's kind of far <laughs> for a guy that weighs that much. All right, so uh, who, what guy, what four guys? Okay, Kevin, I we're gonna try to guess. Okay, and what what we're gonna do is the winner is gonna get something next week, or we're, we're gonna make the loser do something bad. Not habanero pepper, but maybe like <laughs> maybe like chug a beer or something. So we're doing right. AFC rosters. Uh, so, the roster I'm looking at currently does I'm not sure if it's handling uh, so what replacements. So you have to let me know if I pick. Uh, okay, so here. The wide receiver, okay, so AFC, I'm just going to tell you some of the guys you should pick from. T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders, Jarvis Landry, Demarius Thomas. You got J.H.I., Melvin Gordon, uh, DeMarco Murray. Uh, in defensive backs, you've got Akib Talib, Marcus Peters, Chris Harris Jr., Casey Hayward, uh, Stephen Gilmore, Reggie Nelson, and Eric Weddle, and Darian Stewart. Uh, you also got Tyreek Hill, of course. You're, you're, okay, okay he's, so it's Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is your first choice. Okay. Um. Ty Hilton, probably Ty Hilton. Yep. Uh, Ty Hilton's very fast. I, I wish I knew which one, of, which of these guys ran track in college. Right? It's like I feel. Like I know some of them that did. Uh, Marcus Peters, I think, could be a choice. What about like is JHI more of a bruiser? Right. JHI didn't. JHI, I think, was more like field events. He ran like, a he four, was like a triple jump. He ran guy. a four five seven. He's in the fast, combine. but not that fast. Melvin Gordon, I remember being kind of slow. What about Chris Harris? Chris Harris Jr. Yeah, Chris Harris Jr. could be really good. All right, and then in the NFC, Eric, did you have an opinion on this? Did we miss something? No, really. It's I'm just listening. Chris Harris at this is point. fast, four four eight. That he's speedy. Okay, well they got ODB, Mike Evans, Dez, Doug. You could run Jimmy Graham out there, I guess. Uh, then you could go Janoris Jenkins, Patrick Peterson, Richard Sherman, Xavier Rhodes, Harrison Smith, who's like Cordell Patterson. You're picking Cordell Patterson for sure. That's Cordell Pat, well, probably Cordell Patterson. Dwayne Harris is tempting. I feel like Odell Beckham's going to be in a ton of the other events that we'll talk about later. So yeah, he's I probably don't think Odell Beckham. Be what about Zeke Elliott? Yeah, Zeke, and Devonta Devonta Ooh, Freeman would have been Freeman. great, but he's not going to be in there. Yeah, no, he would have been good. Darren Sproles though, Sproles is quick. I like Sproles, Sproles is quick, but he's old. I don't think he's going to do it. Hundred meters, he'll, he's in. He's in. That's, That's true. He runs hundred yards all the time. Hundred meters is not that far when you're like not two hundred and ninety pounds. I'm saying these big guys, like if it was a 30 meter dash they'd be all in. yeah okay so i'm looking at patterson uh i'm looking at what about janoris jenkins janoris jenkins could be good i like janoris jenkins i wonder what his combine time was it's i don't think sure janoris jenkins ran a 4.46 at the combine that's quick yeah patrick peterson's probably in too right he's he's thought Happy. of as being very fast and he ran a 434 at the combine so jenkins peterson 
Cordero Patterson and, and either Zeke, Zeke Elliott or Darren Sproles, probably. All right, let's go to the other competitions. I think a lot of these guys are going to get taken out of the relay race, though, because they're going to want to participate in the epic Pro Bowl dodgeball. Oh, my. Okay, so here's, here's my question for you. One AFC guy, one NFC guy. Who is the best guys you want on your dodgeball squad if you're playing AFC versus NFC dodgeball? Who's the best dodgeballers? Antonio Brown, I feel, would be really good. That's it, a very it, good call. He's, actually going he's to the injured, so he's not going. Yeah, I was going to say. So, but, he, so he's out. But I'm saying, like, if, if we're just taking... Like I, I'm trying to think. I'm, like I got one. I know who the, I know who. I Larry think Fitzgerald. Okay, Larry Fitzgerald is a very good. Larry choice. Fitzgerald Ooh. can, can throw. Larry Fitzgerald can throw. Larry mm-hmm. Fitzgerald can run. Larry Fitzgerald can catch. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor will be very good at very this. athletic, great but arm. He is, but he is not in the Pro Bowl. Oh, he's out injured. No, he's just not in at all. There's six. He's, he's a Bill. He's a replacement. He's a Buffalo Bill. No, Phil yeah. Rivers was the newest replacement. Great. So Taylor didn't come in for Cam Newton. Tyrod Taylor's in the AFC. He's a Bill. Whoa. I'm making all these jokes about the Buffalo Bills. You're not Kevin's getting any of them. I'm very upset. List that I'm looking at. Kevin's looking at like last year's Pro Bowl rosters or something. Uh, Written by Tyrod the, Taylor. Phil Rivers, Phil Rivers, though, coming in. Great story here. He had already planned to go to a daddy-daughter dance Friday night. So here's how he's doing it. He's taking a red eye to Orlando, participating in the skills competition, flying back for daddy-daughter dance, then flying back again for the Pro Bowl. Phil Rivers, world's greatest dad. Uh, I hope he wears a bolo tie for all of them. He said, "He said, he said, it's worth it to me because I love my daughter and I want to represent the city of San Diego one last time." Which broke my freaking heart. Yeah, oh, that was really good. Really, that was like, really good. I was like, "Man, that's oh, that hurts." Because I, I, Phil Rivers, you know, he loves the city of San Diego. Yeah, absolutely. It's just awful what's happening there. But uh, they'll get to play in a stadium that can't even fit Texas's high school football team. Actually, year, you so. know who could be good is Alex Smith. Everyone forgets how athletic he is. Here's who's the best, guys. He's 34. You're missing a very obvious uh, pick here. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. No. No, I thought about that. He's fast. He can catch. He'll drop it. He can catch. No, he can't. He can catch, and he, I, you know, all these guys. The thing is, all these guys are gonna be able to throw. Here's the thing, though. The like, first person who starts talking smack, he says out of the game. If he gets one to the head, you know he's gonna, gonna talk fall smack apart. In dodgeball, you guys, you guys don't even know. He's gonna be like a human vacuum cleaner. Jimmy Graham will also be very good, though. Jimmy Graham would be good at this. I'm trying to think of like people who are really good at like flea flickers and halfback passes I mean, and stuff. Here's the thing. That's you're, gonna be your man, Kevin. All the skill position players. They can throw. What about because Emmanuel Sanders? I bet you Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders Odell has Beckham, old man skills. They all played quarterback in high school. So. I bet Doug Baldwin would be excellent at this too. Uh, I think I don't think Doug might not have the uh, raw agility, but I wouldn't be surprised. He's competitive, so I think that will help. I think Doug Richard Baldwin Sherman apparently same way. is a pickup basketball legend. Is Sherman actually? I, I don't understand why Sherman's, Sherman's going to the Pro Bowl injured, if he, isn't he has this MCL injury, but he's not listed as a, uh, being alternated out. So I don't maybe know. the uh, maybe the entire NFC is going to lose a draft pick for not declaring his injury. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it, and also, that was maybe the beginning of the year, and maybe Pete Carroll made it up. <laughs> Peacock, Peacock hey man, uh, Richard Sherman's been under a lot of fire this season from things he said. Uh, Richard what, Sherman? I thought you said Dan Shermer. Sorry. What better way to cover it up than saying something like, uh, he's been injured? Oh, uh, by the way, Justin Tucker will be good at dodgeball because he's great. No, I'm just kidding. As long <laughs> as long he doesn't use his left arm. That's right. Yeah, as long as he can kick it. He's waiting for that, Kevin. Uh, 
So yeah, I I like Odell Beckham a lot in dodgeball. Uh, he's my he's my sleeper pick. Or maybe I, I would have a narrow bet you that Beckham is not significant in that. Uh, <laughs> I like Demarius Thomas a lot too. Demarius Thomas, I you don't like my Larry Fitzgerald pick. Hey, here's huh? the thing though, Demarius Thomas is really tall. That makes him a big target. Yes. Larry Fitzgerald is not going to be in the Pro Bowl though. Like I mean, I understand why Larry Fitzgerald is a a highly rated player, but he he dropped out. That's why Dougie B's. I didn't in. know he dropped out. Dougie B's Dougie B took his spot. Uh, fine, Richard Sherman, Doug Baldwin. That's all I care about. Pro Bowl sucks. Uh, uh, David Johnson, I think, could be good at this. David Johnson could be good at this. Uh, like I said, all the skill position guys are potentially big because they all know how to throw. All those guys played quarterback some snaps in high school. You know, yeah, like they all did. So they all can throw pretty decent. It's like playing shortstop and center field on your baseball team in high school. The big guys, the it's big just guys, because are you were the, the best player. The big guys are going to do the worst. It's like it's basically like all the skill position guys, and then any of the secondary players who played quarterback in high school will be decent. Ha ha, Clinton Dix is a name to keep your eye on. Yeah, I, oh yeah, Stephen Gilmore too. I like Stephen Gilmore. All right, uh, next we have precision passing. Two players on each team battle it out, trying to hit targets. So that's Phil Rivers for the AFC is the only one I know for sure, and that's because of this daddy daughter story. Everyone else is kind of up in the air, which because there's three quarterbacks on each team, so it's Smith, Dalton, and Rivers. Obviously, you pick Rivers because Smith and Dalton. <laughs> I, I will give you this, Nathan. This is when I would pick. Philip Rivers. Yeah, Phil Rivers is, Phil Rivers is going to be Isn't good Isn't Drew Brees on the roster? For yeah, the so NFC? the NFC is going to have Drew Brees and then either Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott. Probably Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is a really accurate quarterback. So this is kind I of would take Drew Brees in that whole thing. Yeah. Out of all those quarterbacks, I take Drew Brees. I feel like Drew Brees is the only one I could expect to drop the football on a nickel from 35 yeah. yards. Brees I agree. And, Brees and Rivers are both too good in this. I think it's a showdown between them. I wouldn't be surprised if Rivers sneaks it out, but Drew Brees is like passing God, so I'm... It's the last Very one. Accurate. Last one is my favorite. Okay, it's the best hands competition where a combination oh. of quarterbacks, jug machines, and footballs dropped from drones test yes. the wide receivers of each team. So is this going to be like the <laughs> Eric old one? made the best face when I did that? Is this going to be like the old one where they're running an obstacle course and There's, then things and balls uh, are being thrown at them? It's really unspecific, but it just says quarterback and wide receiver duos from each team show off their skills. And then there was an article today that came out that said they're going to drop footballs from drones as part of this. Thanks. Thanks, uh, Hot Takes. Oh, this is great. Thanks, so America Hot thing. Takes. So stupid. My favorite thing is uh, I also I, I really hope Amazon uh, sponsors the drones because that's just such a good opportunity. Oh my gosh! Yeah, as soon as I said it though, you knew it was genius. Yeah, no, I it's you hear that Amazon that tips for free. Apparently, the AFC uh, picked Alex, Alex Smith's going to participate in some way. I don't know what way because they just what kind of news headline is that? All oh, they do they website. just said that like they just say what players are participating. They don't say like what they're doing. Um, so. I hope it's dodgeball. I think, I think that would be the thing he's best at. Okay. The AFC. Okay. So I got, actually got a list here. The AFC's representatives are Alex Smith, Geno Atkins, Joe Thomas, Von Miller, T.Y. Hilton, and Chris Harris. Von Miller, dodgeball. I'll take it. So Tyreek Hill's not going to be in the relay. Von Miller's doing the relay race. Yeah. I was going to say the four man relay. What's the four man relay here team here? It's going to have like, so Harris and Hilton, obviously, but then we're going to have like, what, Von Miller and Geno Atkins? And Tyreek Hill, Smith, like no Tyreek Hill. I thought did, he, I think you just said Tyreek. No, Hill. They, they couldn't convince him to participate. Boo, boo. Okay, the NFC players. I'm looking at a picture. That's all I got. We got. It looks like Thomas Davis, There's Zeke Patrick Elliott, Peterson, right? Zeke Elliott, Odell Beckham, Dak Prescott, and Gerald McCoy. Give me the NFC all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> 
I would be stunned if the AFC won. And, uh, Gerald, you know that Gerald McCoy and uh, Joe Thomas and uh, you know the differences. The linemen are on. They're going to be in the dodgeball game. Why is Joe? Why is Joe Tom? Joe Thomas is the only offensive lineman in this. That's that's like so unfair. If that's you, a joke. Here's the thing: if you played for Cleveland, wouldn't you want to do anything to have a chance to be on a winning team? Sure, but <laughs> the only chance you're getting Joe Thomas. I also read an article if about they how win the dodgeball game. This, so. If they win the dodgeball game, Joe Thomas will be the second. That will that'll be the second victory by Cleveland oh, this year. So these are the guys that are confirmed in. There might be a few more in it, apparently. All right, well, whatever. I'm going to stop talking about this because, honestly, I don't care. I will watch this, though. I will say I'm not watching the game. I am watching this stupid skills competition. And the skills competition is Saturday? It's the best part. Uh, I think it's Friday night. Friday night and then the game Saturday or Sunday? Game is Saturday. It doesn't really matter. I I don't know. I'm not watching the game. Who cares? Hey, you want to you want to you want to know the line for the Pro Bowl? Because this is how Ugh. degenerate people are. They will you can gamble bet on, the, on Pro the Pro Bowl. Why? Okay, Pro Bowl betting. Here we go. Vegas Insider says it is a pick, <laughs> and this website just encourages you to bet on the Pro Bowl because roster attrition is a fact of life in the Pro Bowl. There's imbalance of motivation. How can you how can you figure out which t- which side is going to be motivated? This is dumb. Prop bets are attractive. I can imagine that. There's like really weird prop, prop bets. Prop bets probably. would be the only fun part. I, if you, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to enjoy the Pro Bowl, my suggestion is that you go outside, mute the Don't television, watch the Pro Bowl. mute the television, print off a list of prop bets, and you are you and your friends MST3K the announcing of the Pro Bowl. That is how, that is what you can do. If you if you are so desperate for your football fix. That is how you do this. Now, just so the people who don't know, explain what a prop bet is, Kevin, because I didn't know until we started talking about it a couple years ago. I'll explain what MST3K is. Uh, Nate is your prop bet man. So MST3K is uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is a um, Canadian uh, show of origins in which people make fun of a movie as the movie is going. It is what Rift Tracks is based off of. Nate, if you'd like to explain prop bets. Uh, Prop bets. So basically a prop bet is a book will set uh, an event that needs to happen. Uh, a proposition, if you will. Like, uh, will Donald Trump Trump. wear a red tie at the inauguration is an example of a prop bet. And then they'll set odds on that. If they think he's almost guaranteed to set, wear a tie, then yes, we'll pay you like for every $1,000 you bet, you win $100. But if he doesn't wear a red tie, then for every $100 you bet, you'd win $600. You know, so like one side will have much, you know, favorable odds, but they kind of, they'll tilt it, you know, in a direction they feel like it's going to go. Uh, my favorite prop bet, of course, is length of the national anthem because I have I'm like five for five on the last five Super Bowls in predicting this. I'm really <laughs> it's the one prop bet that I feel like I have like a really good idea of how it's going. So yeah, that's my that's my fave. Uh, my favorite prop bets are usually like um, who will catch the first pass or like weird ones like that. Are yeah, kind of or fun. will like will the first score be a safety? That actually cashed in like two Super Bowls ago, but the odds were only like plus five thousand. I'm like plus five thousand is way too low. Like it should be like plus eight million. Yeah, like, someone bet ten bucks on there. Yeah, like like, <laughs> ten bucks to win fifty thousand just doesn't even seem that good. All right, because uh, that's just like not. It's you're basically like burning ten dollars. There's the first score being a safety is so unlikely. Here's the thing though: you could bet ten bucks on it every year, and if you only hit it once in your lifetime, you'd make money. All right. Well, 
Anyway. There's a gambler's fallacy for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna uh, just take ten seconds here to pitch Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/SeahawksNest. That's how you can support us and our podcast. Right now we're up to eight patrons and nineteen dollars a month, and we want to thank all of our patrons, including newest patron Augustine, the the number one best twelve from Argentina. Yeah. Uh, the Argentinian 12 man contingency. So, so uh, he he reps hard even from South America, which is so sweet. He's got He's, South America covered. Yeah. Also, we owe him a uh, a sticker, a sticker, yeah. and a spec ad for oh, a local for a local right. food place. Uh, <laughs> you agree to He's this? Never Nathan. coming to Seattle. All right. Uh, if he food, does, what do you think he would like? Food place in the greater Seattle area that you should eat. Uh, you should eat at Paseo. Paseo has good Cuban sandwiches and a really interesting history, like of how it got to where it's at and now it's two right re- there's two different restaurants that are using similar recipes they're both kind of paseo but neither one is the original paseo because the original owners were like embezzling money it's it's very fun if you read up the history of paseo <laughs> at the end of the day you just want to eat that pork sandwich and put it in your mouth and don't and be and don't be it. intimidated by the long line it goes yeah. really fast the lines fast. Are where it's at it goes fast it's it's delicious great spot uh, I highly recommend you eat at Paseo. Anyone? I like how you did not want to do it, and then you pulled the perfect spec out out of nowhere. So, all right, you're good. Well, all right, so here we go. So now we're ready for movie club. Eric, yep. uh, we want we want a movie from you. Oh, I thought uh, you you just told me we were gonna. I was gonna wait till next week. No, you're gonna take. You're gonna. Do, you get two weeks. Yeah, you get the takeover. Uh, you get the double. We had the, a request because the, for the thing Eric. is, your second your second movie is kind of a. It was kind of a request. It was kind of a. a a fan of ours decided, said they wanted us to do a certain movie. So that's coming next week. And it's Seahawk related, and it, it, kind of. Ooh, that, that's very a, strange. That's like a big hit. Yes. How about this? If you can figure out what movie Eric's talking about that is Seahawk related, kind of, send me send me an e- email at adminfromthehawksnest.com or a private message on Twitter. Unless you're the or, person who requested it. Or on Facebook. <laughs> and if you do that, I will send you a sticker if you tell me what movie Eric says is uh, tangentially Seahawks related. In fact, if you guess any movies that are even sort of uh, in the neighborhood of this movie, I'll probably just give you a sticker anyway. All right. Uh, that being said, on to the, the movie, Eric. What's the movie you want to talk about? All right. So I was pulling from a bunch, and I really I could talk about any of them, but I don't know what Nathan has seen. I don't know what Kevin has seen. So I'm going to go with a movie that is going to make people groan, yet at the same time, very happy, hopefully. In in some ways, don't guess this because I've never t- I I haven't talked about it all the time. No, it's not Weekend at Bernie's, Kevin. Damn, I really thought it was. I was really, I really, I was really waiting for Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Bernie's. Wait, is it Weekend at Bernie's too? I was just hell gonna, no. I was just gonna be like, man, I really don't like Weekend at Bernie's. I know you don't. That's why I won't talk about it until the summer. It's mid at work. <laughs> no, no, but this is a this is a buddy movie. It's not a buddy cop movie, Kevin, but it's a buddy movie. It stars one of our favorite actors. Keanu Reeves. Oh gosh, you already are speaking my language. So and hard. I just want to bring in a thought to your minds, and that is, what if the ex-presidents are surfers? Yes, we are oh. talking about the original <laughs> Point Break. Okay, all right. <laughs> now you didn't say we had to go Oscar nominated. We didn't have to go fan favorite. I just wanted to talk about this amazing movie that stars one Keanu Reeves. One Patrick Swayze in his acting prime. Oh man, I really wanted to talk about the Edgar Ramirez, Edgar Ramirez Luke Bracy point break. <laughs> <laughs> they brought in eleven dollars, not eleven million, just eleven dollars. 
Yes, yeah. uh, honestly, Depressing. the original Point Break. Honestly, I thought you were going Bill and Ted's there for a minute. No, no. I really no. did. I, thought you were gonna, I, I really thought you were going to ask what number am I thinking of. Yes, that was exactly where I was going with I was, that. I was going to – it would be hard for me to go between Bill and Ted's 2 or Bill and Ted's 1. So, uh, yeah, Point Break. It's a ridiculous movie where uh, there are bank robberies going on by these uh, four men dressed as the ex-presidents of the United States. With, Amazing fake name. Uh Oh, Johnny Utah. Johnny, yes. Johnny Utah. Yes. It's, it's coming the, straight from the Michael Vick it's in the pantheon alias of like creator. John Spartan, Johnny Utah. Like, it's in the pantheon of like movies that are, de- are names that are Ron definitely Mexico. not real names. Like, it's just, it's, <laughs> well, and it's, it's not someone's name. You know, Keanu Reeves kind of gets this rap as like a guy who can't act because his voice is so. Him? Yeah. I, what is that? How do you explain it? It's like John Travolta. Every character John Travolta plays is John Travolta. Because yeah, of the but voice. I, don't, I feel like Connie Re- Keanu Reeves is actually acting. But like, I agree. The voice is always the same. Well, we talked about it with why we love John Wick. It's because it felt like someone finally wrote a role that would use his, the the, best, the inflection the of his voice. Yeah. And <laughs> Point Break is not that movie. And the fact that you name the main character played by Keanu Reeves, Johnny Utah, just <laughs> immediately gives you eye rolls. Which is another reason why I want to talk about this movie. It sounds like like an early '90s, like the guy who got rejected from the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> like he, like it was Marty Jannetty, Shawn Michaels, and John, John Utah, Utah. And John Utah got kicked out when they were in the Ohio, Ohio Fed Absolutely. from the New Rockers. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this this movie follows the CIA track or the I'm sorry, the FBI tracking down uh, who these these bank robbers are. They only rob banks during the summer. And they're trying to get these guys before the the autumn hits and the, they disappear and go to another town. Bank robin season. And, and Yeah, bank robin season. And a little spoiler here. You'll figure out eventually that Patrick Swayze is somehow involved in these bank robberies. Oh, imagine that. Uh, you know, casting a popular actor as the foil. So uh, basically, Johnny Utah must infiltrate this surfer group or this surfer gang. But by body. <laughs> Bodie. Bodie, yeah. played by Patrick Swayze. I mean, it looks honestly body. Yeah, it's yeah. Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and don't forget Patrick Swayze, <laughs> the only actor to do his uh to jump out of the plane. He I jumped won't... out of he did 55 jumps. Yes. For this movie. Yes, he did. Skydiving jumps. That's nuts. That's hardcore. He loved it. He I know, loved they it. they all learned to surf. They took 2 months learning to surf the three main characters of this movie. Uh, Which, by Patrick, the way, good on them for Patrick, getting paid and getting a tax write-off this, for learning Patrick, to surf. Patrick Swayze broke like four ribs learning to surf uh, during the movie and refused to use his stunt double even throughout that because he's like, I didn't use it for any other scene. I'm going to be good at this. Like, I'm going to learn to do it. And who directed this movie, guys? Catherine Bigelow. Uh, Academy Award winner, Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. Honestly, this movie isn't complete crap. It's an action movie. It's... Over the top, it's ridiculous, but it's not garbage. It's exactly what it is. Yes, Kevin. Keanu Reeves is awesome in this movie, and I want to tell you, uh, so this script had a different director attached to it, Ridley Scott, which, uh, Ridley Scott's a good director. Not, I argue he's completely overrated, but, uh, these are the, these are four people that originally were tapped to play Johnny Utah before the script moved to Bigelow, who zoned right in on Keanu Reeves, said, this is my guy. Okay. Which, great job, Catherine. That is like, Ace level casting. Here we go. Matthew Broderick. <laughs> Johnny Depp. Ugh. Val Kilmer. Mm. And Charlie Sheen. I would argue only one of those had any chance to be as good Val as Kilmer. Keanu Reeves in this movie. And that's Val Kilmer. The other three are just like DOA, dead on arrival. Like they would have sucked. Oh, Val Kilmer. That guy can act. Yeah, he's a great actor. 
And during that time, during that time, he was fit enough to do it because that's the biggest thing is that his weight fluctuated all over the place. And not that, not that that's bad, but just that it makes it hard for you to play like a surfer action star if you're kind yeah. of fat. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that made Keanu Reeves a good cast for me is because there was a serious undertone, but this movie understood that there was like a cheese factor to it that was inherent. And I feel like the casting of Keanu Reeves just steered into that and really owned it. Yeah. Like, they embraced it, didn't they? Yes. The and whole movie. You had to, to an extent. Gary Busey's actually really good in this movie. Gary Busey's great in everything because he's insane and they always cast him as an insane Here's the thing. Man. This is before Gary Busey was really... Totally off his rocker. Well, before he was really hit hard by alcohol and the car accident that really did give him brain damage. This is, uh, like, what, 10 years after his Academy Award nomination? In the Buddy Holly story, Gary Busey was once a very reputable, very fine actor before he went nuts. And the, he is crazy in this movie just because he he's that drunk uncle in this movie. He's a guy in the FBI. Come on. You got to pay attention. Get these surfers. I mean, it's, it's yeah. ridiculous. Like you said, the movie knows what it is. Uh, this movie culminates in... If they were doing this right, by the way, they would have cast Kurt Russell for this role in the new one. In the new one, you know, Kevin, a little too old, but I'm with you. That for, would for to play Bodie. No, to play. Uh, oh, to play Gary. Busey's to play Gary Busey's oh, okay. character. Okay, I was like, I was like, I don't. No, that would have been really okay, awkward. We, uh, that, that was the last thing I wanted to do was recast the recast the new one. Okay, and so make we'll it wait on that. Actually, then. good movie. Maybe so, remake so we'll it. We'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. No, I just say this movie is as it goes on. Like you know, there's there's the love interest for Keanu Reeves. There's finding out. That this guy he really likes, who he he is speculating, he's pretty sure is the leader of this these ex presidents. And sorry to spoil it, yeah, Patrick Swayze is. Uh, but Keanu Reeves, uh, through blackmail, through good old fashioned blackmail and kidnapping, is forced to take part in one or two of these robberies. And uh, it's I don't know, it's a fun ride. He fires a gun in the, in yes. the air. While yelling. In the while end, yelling. he sets up a, a scene that is so cheesily beautiful that it then gets spoofed in it's Hot so Fuzz. It's so perfect. It's so perfect, though, when he just he, ah. he levels the he levels the gun on Swayze, and he just he's shaking. And he, you can just see, like, he's, he's doing a good job. He's face acting. You know, he's, like, doing And then you just see the anguish, you know. Ah, you know, the gun you know why he couldn't shoot Swayze, though? It's not because they become friends. It's because he did not want to. That's the whole tone of this movie. He did not want to kill the freedom yeah. that Bodie embodied. Exactly, dude. And that's 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 the very the last scene of the movie. It, it proves that. Yeah, yep. which I, I don't want to go into. You have to watch uh, this amazing movie. And, uh, Is there really such a thing as a spoiler Keanu, on a movie that's thirty years? Keanu Reeves old? became a lifelong surfer because of this movie too. <laughs> oh, which really? Is, which is rad to me. Yeah, like it's cool that he like stuck with the hobby and like now it's part of his life or whatever. Also, after John Wick became an assassin, didn't know if you knew that. Yeah, he's a literal assassin. Go, you can watch YouTube videos of him doing like gun training. And, like, that guy could straight up murder everyone if he wanted to. Like, he's crazy now. Well, yeah, remember yeah, the Matrix. It's, like real, it's he, like real life now. He really uh, he really did learn Kung Fu for the Matrix. Okay, Keanu one, Reeves, better one, than you think. Interesting fact, this is not the first time that those two actors appeared on screen together. They were in 1986 Ghost. Oh. Young Blood, starring Rob Lowe and Patrick Swayze. What, which, really? Yeah. What is Keanu Youngblood Reeves, about? Keanu Reeves is in this movie. A skilled young hockey prospect hoping to attract the attention of professional scouts is pressured to show that he can fight if challenged during his stay in a Canadian minor hockey town. His on-ice activities are complicated by his relationship with the coach's daughter. Rob Lowe, Cynthia Gibb, Patrick Swayze, Youngblood. Tagline, the ice, the fire, the fight. 
to be the best. Wow. You know the Canadian Seahawks podcast is like, you guys don't know Youngblood? Oh, jeez. You guys <laughs> got to see it. I've you guys are a bunch that, of hosers, I've seen eh? That movie. <laughs> you seen it, Kevin? I've seen that movie. Tell, it sounds tell us, really bad. Tell us more. 30 seconds. Tell us more. No, just give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Uh, everything that you think that movie is, it's that. Does it have a cool 80s song? Let me put it this way. Like Hearts I on really, Fire? I really wish instead of Rob Lowe, it starred... Uh, um, Emilio Estevez, so that I could link it up as being the spiritual prequel to the Mighty Ducks movie. If only. Because if that was the case, that would just be perfect. Wow. So Keanu Reeves, was this like his first movie? It's, it's like if, um, if Top Gun was about hockey, it would be this movie. Oh, man, I gotta see this oh, movie. Oh yeah. And then, <laughs> I mean, can I spoil like, Main points. You're at not the spoiling end? Of Young Blood oh, or? No, of, of Point Break. But the scene sure, at the end where it. he jumps out of the plane to chase him. Yes. With, with no parachutes. It's freaking awesome. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally. It's so, it's, it's again, perfect. embracing it's, the ridiculous of the, it's so of the film. It's so good. It's just so I will good. say this though. Spiritual as, prequel to Fast and the Furious. As realistic, <laughs> as, as unrealistic as that is. It, you buy it. Like they hold a conversation in midair. Yeah. Like, yes. It's so unrealistic. But you buy it. You buy it when you're watching it because the actors pull it off. And because everything is so over the top that it's. It's not stupid because they've set the tone for the movie where you're like, no, just ridiculous things are going to happen. Just go with it. It's over the top, but not stupid over the top. It's not silly. It's not goofy. It's just a little too much. It's in its lane. All right. So recast the, so they remade Point Break 2015. It sucked. It's bad. It's like a, did you even see it? It's like an X Games commercial. It is a movie. I watched 30 minutes of it. Couldn't take it anymore. It is a movie that took itself too seriously. And thought it was more than it was. Okay, it's a movie so that did not stay in its lane. If you want Point Break to be good, recast the new Point Break. You can do the three leads, or you, the three leads, Busey, obviously, is like the, the C lead, and the two A's, Swayze and Keanu, okay? You guys want a minute to think while I talk about my three? Yes. Because I think my three is almost perfect. Okay. I'm willing to, to put it up there. I feel like Kevin has one of the anyone. three. Cause he's All right, so here we go. Very wise. My, my Keanu Reeves is now being played by Donald Glover. Okay, uh, so Donald Glover is now my Keanu Reeves character. Good uh, you can make this more about skateboarding or something than surfing if you really want to. My my Bodie is James Franco. Ooh. Okay, so James Franco is my uh, my Bodie, and now so now I've got my uh, my two leads, and then my crazy old man cop that needs to pull uh, Donald Glover on the course. Of course, is played by Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost Dog returns. <laughs> Because that, because wow. for me, it doesn't get any better than Forrest Whitaker acting crazy. Wow. Okay. Uh, Good Kevin, luck topping that, gentlemen. Kevin, may I go? Go for it. Uh, this is a little sad uh, because he did pass last year uh, for Keanu Reeves, Anton Yelchin. Oh, Anton Yelchin would have been great. Yeah. He was, and I watched Green that Room this last good. weekend. Very fun movie. Yeah, like, we'll, I, talk, we'll talk. Green Room will show up on this uh, on this sooner or later. Yeah, Anton Yelchin, I think is is very uh, a young. Uh, FBI agent, the, which is what they tried to make Keanu Reeves. The, the that's kind of why I picked Donald Glover too, because yeah, he's yeah. Like very young looking. I'm 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 cute. I'm not changing the ethnicity because uh, I'm a white guy, and I'm sorry. Because uh, <laughs> you're because you're just the Trump supporter. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so I will say the the role of Bodie goes to one. Landoline Beef, Matthew McConaughey. I love it. I love it. I knew you would. I knew you would. It's, it's, I liked mine, but I love yours. I feel like this is just a little, it's still a little believable. I hope that, I wish that we would have thought of this like five years ago, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like starting to get old looking. He, like you, yeah. you watch those trailers for gold and you're like, man. Uh, he, yeah, he really is. He really is bald. Old. Uh, for my, for my old man cop, oh, I'm tempted to just 
go with Gary Busey again. <laughs> I really am. That would be amazing. No, I think I will go, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to switch it up here. <laughs> I'm going to go. Oh man, this, I have three actors and I, I have, really, I have a couple more that I thought about. You know, just fire some off. Samuel because, Jackson. Yeah. Okay. Would be awesome in that role as like, just like yelling at people. Ice Cube. Oh, because I, I love work. Ice Cube Ooh. in Twenty Two Jump Street, like that when he plays that like su- overly serious cop. Grant Jesus ain't got time for your shit. <laughs> I love that stuff. It's so good. Ice T would also work. Uh, yeah, uh, Ice T. He could do that. He could do it. I like, love hey, Coco. You know what I love? You gotta go surfing. It's super dope. <laughs> that's that's Ice T. Uh, you know, I I'm trying to think of like the perfect overweight older actor. John Goodman. John, John Goodman's Goodman too great. old. That's John Goodman's not a too good, old. That's not right. He's, he's not, just a he's little pop, too old. Not what? Wait. What? Oh, you know what? You know what? Goes Jeff up. Bridges. Jeff Bridges? I'll take okay. it. Okay. Jeff Bridges, I feel like, is too laid back. What about Bruce role. Campbell? Jeff Bridges. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell's not bad. I feel like Bruce Campbell has become a character. Yeah, he's like past. Bruce Campbell's years. always been a character. What about Henry, exactly. what about Henry Rollins? Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, I, I don't know, like that. I'm between two of you. I'm Henry say, Rollins playing a cop would be weird. I think he, he, wait, he's done it before, but I will say this about Jeff Bridges. How dare you say he's too laid back? Remember Iron Man? He was a great villain in Iron Man. You don't remember him he being He was there. intense, but he just did it by using this voice. He just yelled a lot, and it was... Jeff Bridges can really act. Don't forget No, that. he can. I, oh, he I, can I, act like... Yeah. Kevin, no knocks you're, on his you're three. Okay, Kevin, I say his. we Hong Kong the shit out of it and do Donnie Yen and uh, Tony Jaa. With, and then uh, Chow Young Fat is the old man. Yes, <laughs> Chow Young Fat. Yes, I love it. And just, and just move it make to it a Hong Kong movie okay, then I'm, and, and make it about free running. running. Then I'm stealing your, your Kurt Russell in the Gary Busey role. Because that was genius. I thought you were going there. Right. No, no. I, I, I just go in a think, completely different direction. I think, I think one thing we can agree on. No matter what combination of these actors you ended up using, it would have turned out a lot better than the, the, the point break. Or at least got. more interesting. Yeah, at least it would have been viewable. And since you know Hollywood's not going to remake it again... They should just have Asia do it and make Kevin's version today. <laughs> that you know that would sell so well too. Just the na- on name power alone. If anything, it would be on Netflix <laughs> in a year, it? and it would be great. Point, point to breakaroo. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't, it would no. It would be like it'd be like running with danger. Like, what is this awful movie? Running with danger. Oh, it's free. You and you hold on. You read it and be like free running. A free running gang is robbing banks dressed as the old prime ministers of. Wait, it's, this is Point Break. So you'd love this. You'd love this, Eric. The original intended name for it was Riders on the Storm. I know this. Yes, uh, that's but so they, good. But the, Catherine Bigelow was like, that has nothing to do with this movie. We're not using that. You can tell Ridley Scott was just like, I want to use this. This this Doors song is the theme. And she's like, eh, no. She's like, how about we make it make some sense? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of Ridley Scott project, uh, projects where he leaves and you see the changes that made afterwards. You're like, oh, Oh yeah, those are really good changes. Yeah, really, really. Scott stays on what what's what he stays on because he's good. He leaves like, nope, I'm going to screw this up. Yeah, I think there's definitely a little bit of uh, uh, George Lucas and Ridley Scott. Like I, I like here's the thing. Okay, like if you look back at like the history of Ridley Scott movies, and I'm talking about ones that he directed, not anything he produced or anything like that. Now be careful. Okay? Don't rip on too much because I love production. his there's, movies. There's hits and misses, right? Like and everyone loves Gladiator, but you go back and watch it. I don't. It's just yeah, okay. It's okay. Uh, but like his science fiction his, movies I are mean, great. His, his highest grossing movie of all time is The Martian. Okay. So let's just, let's just hit on The Martian really quick. And Alien and Blade Runner are two classics, right? Yes. So, so The Martian. Okay. I think like that movie was, uh, 
it seriously was like uh, Matt Damon talks into a camera for an hour and a half, and I loved it because I love Matt Damon. I don't think Ridley Scott had anything, hardly anything to do with what I liked about that movie. Okay. Okay. I feel like Matt Damon's like magnetic star power really sold that movie uh, in a way in a way a, that it couldn't have done. Matt done. Damon has a Harrison Ford esque future as kind of like an everyman. Yep, he's he's fantastic. And then so then we've got Alien and Blade Runner. Okay, Alien. I believe he has been outdone uh, at a couple passes in the Alien franchise. I do not think Alien is the best Alien. Movie. No, the, I think the sequel beats that. Absolutely. I disagree, but I think Ooh. they're drastically different movies. Yes, okay. you're and talking then, about comparing an action movie to a sci-fi suspense thriller. movie. Yeah. Blade Runner, as someone who's a huge fan of the original work of uh, Philip, K. Philip Dick, K. Dick, I don't like him shoving the uh, Harrison Ford is definitely a replicant thing down my throat because if you read the book, it's very ambiguous and was so on purpose. Yeah, and it was a perversion of the original. Intent. It's an yeah. intentionally ambiguous ending where, like, you're supposed to really think about like. The philosophy. What does it mean to be human? Wait a minute. Are you claiming that um, mid-century, nineteen, uh, mid-20th century sci-fi was causing humanity to question itself? Yeah. This this was not an overwhelming theme. I'm just I'm just saying like... <laughs> I'm not took, saying it's a bad thing. I'm the, saying that he definitely screwed it up. I love Blade Runner. Don't get me wrong. I think the movie's great. It is my one gripe with Blade Runner, and I think it's all on him. And that's why I... You know what I mean? Like, yes. I don't, there's no one else you can blame for that. Here's Harrison the thing. Ford doesn't care. <laughs> no, no. Harrison Ford was like, so uh, how many acres of fencing can I buy with this movie check? And I'm, I'm really sorry to bring this up. But Love me some Harrison Ford. If you, if you don't like the idea that he's replicant, have you seen the previews for Blade Runner 2? I mean, they, they make it seem like he's older, and no, uh, that doesn't really they, jive with the whole uh, no, it replicant doesn't. thing. No, it doesn't. So... so Definitely something weird. Ridley Scott's either changing his mind or, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. To He's going to do the old guy thing. Nope, this is what I wanted all along. I really want to talk about this aliens alien thing. Maybe I'll make us talk about Prometheus in a couple weeks. Let's talk about oh, I love Prometheus. Be- because I think Aliens is like a superior film, but, and I just, maybe it's because I like love James Cameron's, like, I think he's just, on some level, he's just such a genius. I don't want to go too deep on this. But he like just digs at exactly like he knows exactly what beats to hit to make a movie just like work. Why don't we? We'll hit this up later. At some this point, year, you're gonna have Kevin with Alien, you with friggin', Aliens, friggin', and I'll bring in Prometheus. Friggin' Titanic is a is a eminently great and watchable movie, and I could not be less interested in what's going on in that movie. I don't I don't think it's that watchable. <laughs> Does that make personally? So anyway, uh, we're gonna head off with uh with Kevin, uh, loving. Hating Titanic. That's that's your that's our parting shot. <laughs> Kevin hates Titanic. I don't watch it, but I can understand why people like it. I understand why people like it. It's just it does not grab me in any way, shape, or form. It's pretty sweet when the boat starts sinking. All right. Uh, for, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> for Eric Ronebeck, for yes. Kevin Garber, I am Nathan Santo. Uh, please go see Split. <laughs> I quite enjoyed that. <laughs>